Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to a midweek fix special. We're trying to do winners and losers for the last four weeks and we can't because Liverpool stuff keeps coming out or they keep playing on a Monday night but I'm Gav with me this evening I have got Kev um, this show is brought to you by bookmakers.com check them out at bookmakers.com um, for all your latest odds on all the sports across all the bookmakers and sports books and whatever else um, do so responsibly if you're looking for that sort of thing and if you don't you can go and look at stats comparisons and all that sort of stuff on the website there's loads in there for people that don't gamble so it might be worth a look Um Look, we're coming on tonight to do this show. We're going to do a winners and losers um, with Joe Wayman. Um, Joe was starting something today, so he was up to his eyes, and he said we put it off until another week. And then this popped up, um, a quote from John W. Henry to say that Liverpool Football Club is not for sale. Not for sale. So we had to do a show on this because this has rumbled on now for nigh on three months. <coughs> middle of November ish, um, and it's now the middle of February. So I, by my maths, it's three months. So we wanted to see, and um, we wanted to come on. We wanted to talk about it, talk about the quotes, um, how people feel about it, and um, yeah, just get people's thoughts on it and do do an hour or so on it. What I will say is though, um, the live chat that we always have is very, very good, very knowledgeable, very respectful, and I wanted to stay that way this evening. I'm not saying it won't. But I wanted to stay that way this evening because when these type of topics come up, um, people do get a little bit heated, um, a little bit emotional. So just, you know, respect each other yeah. in that live chat and we go from there. And we read out as many comments as we can. We try to answer them. We try to give our opinions and stuff like that. Um, John Summers' first question, he says, Hi, guys, what do you make of the links with the Frankfurt Sporting Director? Kev, we were only talking about this a minute ago. Literally a minute ago. I had a quick look about him on Google tonight. I looked up about him this morning and because I know that Frankfurt did really well last season, got to one Europa League last year. Mm-hmm. And he took over 
at Frankfurt from um, Freddie Bobic, mm-hmm. so ex-player. And he came originally from Leipzig. So, you know, he's got pedigree. He's he's pretty good sporting director, but it looks like it was a story to fill, uh, fill a gap in a paper that something needed to be written. He's a highly thought of sporting director, but Liverpool haven't made an approach for him, according to his club or his agent. So it's just a bit of gossip <clears throat> at the minute. Uh, yeah. We'll see where it goes, but it's one role that needs to be filled sooner rather than later, I think, yeah. to um, get someone either in or start preparing for what's going to be a busy summer. Or announced for the start of yeah, the summer, whatever. Exactly, like, yeah, exactly. Like just get it confirmed. Months. Yeah. So, look, as I said, this has rumbled on for three months. This And this, in my opinion, and it is only my opinion, this all started when the Athletic announced the Liverpool for sale in the, in the start of November. I want to say it was... I think it was the 7th of November for some yes, reason, because it was, I think that it was, was my birthday. I think it was a Monday. I think I was yeah, it was my birthday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember being at the the, uh, the wake, uh, you know, the pub part of a funeral, and it broke. Um, and this has gone on and on and on for months, and we've, we've on this channel, and I'm sure many other channels, in fact, nearly every Liverpool channel, uh, not all of them, um, podcasts, whether they're Liverpool or not Liverpool related, um, this has rumbled on with regards to, are they selling... Is it a partial sale? Um, is anything going to happen at all? You've you've seen so many stories come out about you know different groups, different countries, whatever else is interested in Liverpool, and and nothing has come of any of them. You know, nothing solid has come of anything, right? And you kind of have to sit back and just go, listen, what what will be will be when when you want when you went to hear something or you have to hear something, you will hear it, and. I'm being honest, I wanted a couple of weeks ago, I wanted them to clarify some sort of situation. Not not, not to tell us that, you know, what exactly they're doing, but more a case of, listen, this is going on and on and on. Can we not just get some sort of clarification on something? Now, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I'm trying to think of today, like, what were you thinking by saying that? Because if they were to, I suppose, clarify every fucking story in every newspaper or or online account, yeah. they'd be there all fucking day clarifying stuff, you know. Um, but look, it's it's something that's come out today, and and John John W Henry was doing an interview, I suppose you would call it, but it was via email. Um, yeah. For it was the Red Sox, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a Boston Sports Journal. Yeah. Um, they're they're affiliated with the Boston Red Sox, and the thing is. Pre-spring training starts in the U.S. for baseball tomorrow. So John W. Henry, Linda, Tom Werner, all the chief execs for FSG are in Florida. And according to Dean Powell, who used did an interview with a couple of weeks ago now, and that's still on Dave Spotify. Powell. Dave Powell, sorry, yeah. yeah. So for anyone who hasn't watched it, go back, find it on Spotify, download it, and just listen to it at your leisure because there's a lot of good stuff in there. And um, he's basically come out and said, look, John W. Henry doesn't do sit-down interviews with people anymore because he normally gets himself in trouble. He puts his foot in it by saying something he shouldn't. Yeah. And um, this interview was done via email. It looks like the guy got five questions and he popped five questions to him. He got five answers. And this, the question about Liverpool was the last question. Hmm. And the question went along the lines of, look, there's an awful lot of rumours about uh, FSG looking to sell Liverpool will that affect the Boston Red Sox in any way and that's when Henry popped up with uh, look I'll just sum- summarise it basically Liverpool is not for sale we're oh, looking for 
Yeah, have a shoot hit. away, shoot away what so, he said. So he, he's asked and he um he's asked about the rumors over Liverpool and he said, you know, they just put a, a process in place, you know, basically always reviewing their options. And yeah. and this goes back to November. Because the question they were asked in November was off the back of what was happening at Chelsea and stuff. And their argument in, in or their response in November was there's been a, a few changes of owners within the Premier League. We're always looking at the options. We're always, you know, open to whatever. If a good deal comes along, we're always open to it. That was perceived as Liverpool are for sale and the place went absolutely crazy. Um, but what he says today is he says, will we be in, will we be in England forever? No. Are we selling LFC? No. Are we talking with investors about it? Yes. Will something happen there? I believe so, but it won't be a sale. Have we sold anything in the past 20 plus years? Right? Look, it's basically the same thing you've seen in November. It's, it's exactly literally the same. the same thing you've seen in November. Yeah. You know, when you break it all down, it's exactly the same. And all they've done is literally put a formal uh, they've put a formal process in place for something that they've said for years. They're always open to external investments coming into the club, be if that was directly through FSG or directly into Liverpool. All they've really done is employed the two the two banks, Morgan Stanley and the other one, to put a process in place that can do that. That's all they've done. Because Joe Joe Fagan Treble says this, and I think he's I I presume it's a he, um, it might not be, um, it's just a Twitter name or a, a YouTube name, right? But they say, let's be clear, Liverpool will be sold if FSG re- received an offer they would find acceptable. That is blatantly obvious. Now, hmm. is there something in that? Because by him answering that today, all right, um. It makes me think a little bit that maybe they did look at all the options, okay, and couldn't if they wanted to even clarify something. They maybe they couldn't because there's a few things going on at the moment. But do you think there might be anything in the fact that they went out and looked for X amount of money for the club, and no one really wanted to cough up that amount of money, and they said, okay, we're not going full sale. Um, if we have to clarify anything, we can say that we're still looking for outside investment, and they're definitely in talks with people. Do you think that might be there might be a little something in that? Because you will get a lot of people now will say, "Oh no, well they they just um, you know, they're only saying this now because no one will buy the club." Look, um, if you go if you could read um, people who are a bit more informed than what you and me are, they value the club at around four point five million billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think an awful lot would be determined by what figure Manchester United is finally sold for. Mm-hmm. Because they'll do a comparison between the two. I mean, given the fact that Manchester United have an awful lot of infrastructure investment that they need to make on top of buying the club, we're pretty much done in that department. So whatever figure, and we'll know what figure Man United is eventually sold for because it's Mm -hmm. listed on the stock market. They have to do this sale publicly. Mm -hmm. FSG don't. FSG don't have to tell us anything until... A deal is done, and say, by the way, these are your new owners. This is bloody bloody blah. It's done, signed, sealed. Goodbye. Thanks for thanks for all the time we've had at the club. You know, good luck on your way. Um, that's the difference, I think, between being owned by a company like FSG and being listed on the stock market. It's just two different sets of rules. But um, how can you put this? The way he's come out with that statement makes me think one of two things. Either it says what it is on the tin and they're looking for investment 
or, or they're very a, close to it because it's confident enough to yeah, say it. Or it's a giddy up and a hurry up for anyone who's dithering about maybe doing a full sale. Okay. So we're quite we're we could be he could be turning around and saying, look, we're quite happy to just sit and carry on as we're doing. We'll we'll bring in our extra investment and we'll invest in the club as we as we've done over the years, and we'll just plod along in our merry way doing it how we do it. I mean, at the end of the day, they've taken a, a club that was worth three hundred million and turned it into one of the richest clubs in the world based on commercial revenue, gate receipts, prize money, and TV rights. You know, and it's taken them fifteen years to do that. So they might just say, "Look, this is the this is what we've done. If you want to invest, if you want a percentage of Liverpool Football Club, this is how much it's going to cost. Talk to the two guys, to the two banks, and we'll do it that way." Or if you want to come in and buy it at, say, 20% at this price with a, a commitment down the line to maybe take full ownership in five years or in 10 years, we can structure it different ways. All, all he's done is really is leave, he's left all the options open. Has he, yeah. though? I think just because, because he said we're not for sale Because he today, says it won't be a sale. He says it won't be a sale. He's basically said in that statement that, you know... I feel that what he said in that statement is, is that there was everything was on the table. Let's have a look. Let's test the market and see what's mm. there. And at the end of it, they, like some people, some people in the chat said, said there, like maybe they just didn't get an offer they liked, you know. And that's maybe right. that's maybe that's they didn't get the money they wanted, or maybe they, you know, people that bidded for the, made a bid or, or or inquired, they were like, no, we're not interested in selling to you, you know. I don't really get that because I think if FSG want that money, whoever gives them that money, they take it. You know the sort of way. Yeah. Um, but it kind of it, it more or less says to me that an investment into Liverpool Football Club I think is very very close because he don't seem to be the type that will come out and say something that loose. And remember, it's not John W Henry sitting in his kitchen at his laptop answering this. <laughs> you know, there's a few of them no. there, so they're all yeah. going to have an input on. Or don't say that, or do say that. You know, and yeah. basically telling. You know, don't say this or that because you get yourself into trouble, like you <laughs> yeah. said. So, I, I I feel that they must be. I'm reading into it, and this is only me reading into it. Nothing, you know. I don't know anything. That an investment will be very very close, right? But I'm moving on to that. You know, I've seen people saying, "Well, you know, if someone wants to buy twenty percent of this club, they're gonna have to pay eight hundred million dollars." Yeah, you yeah. see. Nine hundred million dollars. Oh, no, yeah, it would be. No. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. <clears throat> so around seven hundred and fifty million pounds, I think, mm. if you converted it right, somewhere around there, yeah. right? Just call it eight hundred million quid for the for the argument. And I've seen people saying, "Well, you know, if they take in that eight hundred million, if 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 Kevin Sullivan turns up tomorrow at eight hundred million for twenty percent of the Liverpool Football Club, do FSG not take it all? Now, where do you stand on this? Because and I listen, I completely understand people's nervousness over a minority sale because it'd be just like well they're just going to take their 800 million these boys are going to get 20 percent of the current situation and the, the club just rolls on as it, as it is and i think it's i think it's fair to say that with the club rolling on in its current state the way things are at the moment and um, with regards to finances of other clubs around the world it would be very difficult to deal with that where where do you stand on this because i have i have a bit of a theory on where the money would go I, let me put it, it's the one thing I suppose you can always look at. They've always, anything that we've brought in, we've been allowed to invest however we needed to invest. 
uh, be it stadium expansion, training ground, we can bring loans in, we can sign players, but we have to spend what we earn. If that's new money coming into the club, I don't see why that would change. The only thing that would worry me with a third, with a third owner is um, what would they expect out of it? You know, if they're coming in with, say, for argument's sake, 20% investment, would they be looking for dividends to be coming out of that after year two, year three, year four? Would they be, what? Did, what's in it for them? And it all depends on what their expertise is. Because if you're looking to bring in someone who has a, 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 a background, say, in... Um, Like your man, uh, it's not Redbird. What's the name of it? Yeah, is it Redbird? Chevel. Yeah, Tom Chevel. His expertise <clears throat> is um, in TV rights and expanding um, streaming streaming services. Mm. And if you want to be at the forefront of that market for the next TV deal and the one after, bringing someone in at an ownership level with a vested interest and an expertise in how to maximize what you can get a return on. It's something like, it, it could be something worth uh, what they might look at. They're clever enough to do it. I mean, the thing is, it's the one thing these people are, they're not stupid. You know, they're far from it. They're not gonna have this asset that they have valued so highly and watch it wither away into insignificance. It's, they're just not gonna allow that to happen. It's pointless. Well, it's like buy, It's like trading up from. I said it on Twitter earlier on. It's like trading up from a Ford Focus to a Ferrari, and then not servicing the Ferrari, because you'll be back down to driving a Ford Focus very quickly. We're in that kind of situation at the minute where they took us from being the Ford Focus up to being the Ferrari and competing at the top end. And if they don't maintain what's needed to keep us at that level will drop off really quickly, especially with the other investment that's going, that's coming into football, especially into the Premier League. But on the back of that, you've still got new rules coming into UEFA in 2025, where clubs will only be able to spend, will be forced to spend what they bring in, you know? So it kind of levels the playing field in some respects. It's, it's just still going to be ways to get around it, but... I just, I just, I can't believe. I, I just don't believe for a second that they haven't looked at all the angles to all of this in one way that, that they are going to come out of this maintaining their their valuation of the club. I just can't see how they how they're not going to do that. Well, well, the thing is, the thing for me is, is that if you take the figure of eight hundred million, right, and this again, this is only me looking at. If if I go to Liverpool with eight hundred million quid. And they say you can have twenty percent of the club. I know Liverpool Football Club need to invest heavily, right, yeah. in players, right, and that's because of the, the road we've let ourselves down. And you can, like I've said it before, you can throw it at the owners, the manager, whoever you want. But we, as a, as a club, we have left ourselves in a position where we need to invest heavily on on um, players. And I was asked in a Telegram group earlier by. Um, Jerry, I think it was. In a, Jerry, in a yeah. yeah. And he was asking, what would you go for in the summer? And I said three midfielders in the centre-back, right? And if that didn't happen, I would be kind of questioning, going, well, we need them, simply because of the numbers that are going out the door yeah. in the summer and the form of other players' age and, and stuff like that, right? If I'm walking in with 800 million, there's no way I'm giving 800 million to a football club 
for FSG to take the 800 million and walk away with it, right? So FSG, no, they probably need 200 million, right? Forget net spend for a minute. Forget what sales yeah, or anything yeah. like that. They need 200 million on the table at the start of this summer, right? And that's not any fan of Liverpool throwing their toys out of the pram. That's just the that's way basics. it is. You know, they need this, they need this, they need this, and they need this, and that's what's going to cost you in the current market, at least, okay? Yeah. So if I'm if I'm a, if I'm a, a minority buyer into this club, I'm probably saying to FSG, well, you know you have to put in 200 million, okay? So what we're going to do is, when we give you this 800, we want you, as the 80% owner, to put 200 million up, and then we're going to give you A, and out of that A, another 200 million is going to go up. Okay, so at least we're guaranteed that we are investing for the better of the club rather than just invest, rather than just walking and going, Listen, there's 800 million, I own 20% of the club, I'm walking away, let me know how it gets on. Do you know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah, at, like people are thinking, Why would he sell this? Why, why would he sell uh, and they just take all the money? I don't think they can, I don't no. think they can. I think any investor would be mad to go, It's a brilliant model. Don't give me that. And anyone that tells you it's not a brilliant model is mad because it's a brilliant business model. But the way that they have to compete at the moment, it definitely needs investment because of decisions not made over the last couple of years um, in regards to bringing players in and indeed letting players go. So for me, an investor will probably look, FSG will probably go, out of that 800 million, we're really getting 400 because we need to keep up our investment and we have to go over the top with that investment, which is 200, and these 200 of these boys' money is going to be in as well. And that sets Liverpool up with money to just invest in the playing staff for whether it's one window, two windows, three windows, wherever it might be. And that's where I think it will go. I could be completely wrong, but I cannot for the life of me see an investor going in there and saying, I'm giving all that money, and they're taking it all, I'm walking away with it. Do you know what I mean? And we've Why given you 800 million, and we're literally not getting... We're getting 20% of a club, but we're getting 20% of a club that's right on the edge of needing. Not An, yeah. an overhaul is probably the too big a word, but it's, definitely a strong investment. Big time. It's it's We're, we're at the st- stage at the minute where when we sold Phil, when we sold Coutinho, we were at that stage where we had to reinvest all of that money and probably end in some. But that sustained us for for about three years. That got us to the dance and kept us at the highest level for a good period of time. We're we're there again now. Where we've probably addressed the forward line. I, I'd say we've we're pretty much there with that. As long as Bobby extends, our forward line is in good shape. Could need one at the back for sure. Uh I'd imagine Joel will probably go in the summer. Creevin Kelleher probably goes in the summer, so you need to address that. It's midfield. That's the last piece of the club that needs serious investment. And we've all known it. We all know it needs serious investment. And it's not just about <coughs> replacing the players that are going. It's bringing in the right age profile of the players that come in so that they're going to be at, an, at a, of a, a caliber that grow together for the next five years. Basically, this summer, you're putting together a midfield quartet that's going to be together, that's going to be the nucleus, the nuts and bolts of the club for the next five years. Okay, so for the rest of Klopp's tenure at the club and probably the start of the new, the next new manager that comes in. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to have to happen this summer. And I get people's pessimism when it comes to, yeah, they won't do this, they won't do that. they got no choice. 
you are losing at least three players, if not four players, this summer. They have to be replaced. If they want to maintain the value of their asset, they have to invest that money, the amount of money that's required this summer just to stand still. And that's assuming that the, the four or five signings that we bring in hit the ground running and can evolve and take us to the, to, take us to the next level. If one of those is Jude Bellingham, for me, that's free money. If one of them is Matthias Nunes, fine. I have no problem with that. Then, for me, you're looking at players who are... We're going back to what we were looking at with when we signed Sadio and when we signed Mo Salah. Those players who are at a B-plus rating who can make the next step to being world-class. Mm-hmm. And we have to get back to being really good at that. We did it with Ibu. I think Ibu has the potential to be a world-class centre-back. He, pro- he showed that for France in the World Cup. And... Gakpo, I think you're starting to see the reasons why we signed him. Darwin needs to start. Sean was right with what he was talking about last night. He needs to start. His end product needs to improve. But if he keeps getting the chances that he's getting, that's going to get better. And then you also have the likes of Harvey Elliott, Carvalho, Stefan Batejic, who are all going to be next year and the year after. They'll be 21, 22, 23. So they're going to come into those core four that you bring in to make it a seven or eight that you can really kick on with. And then you're back to replacing the odd one every window for the next three summers after that. So you have to top load it, front load it this summer coming and then tinker with it for a couple of windows after that. Um, When you look at, you know, if we go on the presumption that an investment into the club is fairly close and we go on the presumption that if an investment comes in the people coming in with investment are going to want FSG to pipe, you know, stump up some money the same way these investors are going to stump up some money um, and you, then you look at you look at Klopp's um, you look at Klopp's comments in the last while and I think it might have been John who said there like he said, like, um, Klopp has mentioned that we need X, Y, and Z, and, but he doesn't yeah. know how much he has to spend. You know, and that's a fair comment. Like, Klopp's not going to come and go, yeah, we need this and this and we have 300 million. He's just not going to. Do you exactly. know what I mean? It just just won't happen. Yes. Um, and Paul Smith says there, we need continuously, we need continuously investment um, season after season to build and consolidate our squad. I agree with you. Um, Liverpool have invested about 160 million in their squad in the last 12 months, possibly yeah. in the wrong areas. But you know that's 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 down. Well, well, that's down to the manager and who he decides to invest yeah. in. You know, yeah. Um, if you ask 10 Liverpool fans right now, they'd probably say, "Could you not just knock out one of those forwards and got a midfielder?" And, and that's the way it goes. But you got 50-50 on it, yeah. Klopp's being fairly open with regards to like when he when he speaks the other day, um, he says like we we know we have to. Yeah. Changed did you see that interview? Did you see yeah. the smirk on his face after? Yeah, but and, and this but this also goes back to um when he was saying like uh it looks like it'll be an investment in the club and yeah, I do know what's going on, but I'm not telling you, he said to another yeah. another person. And and you know, that's what all feeds into me thinking they're fairly confident, they're fairly close to investment. But yeah, if you look forward to the summer, Kev, right? Um we have this model, we spend what we earn. It's quite a lot of money. I expect Liverpool to. I think the accounts might be out in the next couple of weeks. It's usually around March, yeah. summer, I think. Yeah. And is, I expect yeah. Liverpool to sh- show quite a healthy um, profit 
for 2022, right? Um, yeah. Well, I would because I, I, I don't think we're, I don't think um, I'm not even sure the Anfield Road thing will be in the 2022 accounts. No, it'll be next year, or maybe maybe gone the year before because we, when we started it. But the thing is, right? When we're going into this summer, as much as people, some people will like this news, some people will be a bit meh. And that's me, kind of, yeah, yeah, you know. And then some people will will hate it. There's one thing is for certain, Kev, that whether it's FSG on their own or an investor is in before the summer, Liverpool need to spend quite a serious amount of money. Yeah, they do. Are you confident they're going to? Because a few people in their Telegram chat said to me, "Can you honestly see them doing that?" And I'm kind of going, "Well, they have to. There's, yeah. there's n- it's not like it's not like they can turn around like unless they're willing to give Ox and." Kate the new contracts and, and Milner another two year deal they have to buy players there's just no way yeah. around it I think I agree with you 100% they have no choice I mean the longer this goes on with the four players who are out of contract in the summer not extending you know that to me I think you're getting towards the end of February now into March next week you expect anyone who's staying to have committed by then really if they're not, if none of them have by the end of March, then they'll all need to be replaced. But the only thing that's going to happen in the summer, for argument's sake, if we if we don't make Champions League, there's a possibility, and it's a real possibility, that someone will ask to leave. Uh, that could be a Mo Salah, that could be a Virgil Van Dijk, it could be an Alison Becker, it could be anyone. We don't know. You have to deal with that as it comes, and the reason being is and i look at Mo more than anyone and probably virgil to a point but they're not getting any younger and a year out of the champions league for someone at that age can be a big deal and it can be something that triggers them into making a decision on where they want to play for the next few years we've protected ourselves by giving more really big contract and a longer one at that so we can command a decent fee for him if he does ask to go but at the same time, that's a bridge you might have to cross if. As it stands at the minute, they have no choice, like you said. Henderson can't do what he what he used to do. Fabinho looks off it. And the players that are leaving, you've often said it, we're relying too much on Naby as it is. You know, he's playing, for someone who's leaving the club, he's still third of, well, probably first choice off the bench with Thiago not out. Or Thiago not available, so... You need that option replacing. And we're still way off the pace. So the midfield has to be addressed. And if it needs... I mean, how about Spurs last summer? I think Spurs spent 170-odd million. West Ham, similar. 180, 170, 180 million in a, in a window. So the idea that Liverpool can't do that level of spend is ridiculous. Of course they can and the best thing about us not heavily investing over the last two or three windows, really, is we've got a really we've got a, a lot of headroom to front load this with FFP when it goes on a rolling three year three year cycle. We've got a, we've got a lot of headroom. I think we're something up around 250, 250, 280 million pounds that we can outlay without having to sell a soul. And we know we already know that we're going to be selling at least two players this summer. One being Joel and one being Creeping Keller. So that figure is only going to get higher. 
And unless FSG want to stand still and go backwards and watch all the sponsors, because you can imagine the amount of sponsorship deals that are dependent on us being in the Champions League. You know, it was the same. Do you remember with um, Adidas and all of those kids, those sponsors that we used to have when we were regulars in the Champions League and then they all went away? You'd imagine an awful lot of these sponsorship <clears throat> deals that we've signed and they're really good deals, the likes of the Nike deal. You can imagine how many of them are dependent on us being in Europe. You probably get a grace period of one season. You won't get two. So or if you want to maintain that level of sponsorship that we have coming into the club, that guaranteed money that's coming into the club, then they have to outlay that you have to spend. And that's just the nuts and bolts of being in the Premier League in 2023. Once in a while, you're going to have to put your hand in your pocket deep and really commit to a proper investment, a proper spend. And yeah, we've tinkered around the edges. We've brought in big single one-off signings in Diaz, Darwin, Gakpo. But the midfield has been neglected for far too long. And it, it needs a proper root, root and branch sorting out. And that's why I was saying at the very start of this, getting a sporting director in sooner rather than later to get the plans in place to make that happen. If they're not already done and dusted already by Julian Ward as he's leaving, coming out the door. Hmm. Um, John asked why couldn't FSG use their own money to, of an infrastructure instead of the clubs, which would have allowed the club to use that money on transfers. But that's not how they work. Like, we keep asking these questions without actually taking into consideration the model they have. If they used our own money and let us spend on transfers, they'd be looking for the money back. Do you know what I mean? It's not how they work. This isn't this isn't the Etihad, where they just go in and go, I'll oh, just spend all this money on the infrastructure around the thing. It's just not. It's not how it is. And, they, they, and that's the model. Like, you can throw all these things at them, but you, what, you're, what you're doing there is you're comparing them to other models in football. This model gets you to a certain point, in my in my belief, and going beyond that now, um, if you need to, because of and look, the fucking city stuff could have a have a say in this. Honestly, the city stuff could have a say in this. The Super League has, has tr- reared its head in recent weeks again. That could yeah. have a say in it where the, that's affected decision. It's for me. It's just th- there's so many ways as to why they would hold on to it. But I can absolutely see why they're looking for investment. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because, because I think they overall, they love Liverpool on their portfolio. That's one thing. They it's know massive. they're making a massive profit anyway, regardless of when they sell it. Okay? But in order to reboot this squad, which does need a level of reboot, there's no denying that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if they get an investment in, they protect... by Like, it will literally cost them... 200 million right and a protection investment gen- and, and not even that the percentage they use or lose of the club they could probably make it up on the 80% over the next 5 years depending on TV exactly. deals money they make whatever it is and if a Super League comes in and Liverpool you know go into a Super League and I think the, di- the, the feelings over a Super League will be massively different the next time it comes around, that's just my opinion. Well, no, the, the, it's, the, it's, the talk about the, the talk about the Super League from what I read last time is uh, English clubs need not apply. You're not welcome. Um, but that that's, no, that's, it, it, but it's that's bullshit because like, I don't listen, think it is. But oh, well, I, I think genuinely it is. don't I think, think it is because I promise you, right? A Super League with Liverpool and Manchester no, they don't need is it. fucking ah, Kev. 
Come here. Listen, I'll tell you. The way they've the way they're talking about it, it was almost literally they're, they're talking, talking, eight, they're talking 80, 80 clubs. Eighty clubs, yeah. And who's gonna watch them? You're on the continent. Four t- four ah, divisions. Kev, 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 twenty clubs Kev, in each one. That's bullshit. And it's I'll tell not you because you're talking it, about clubs who are on the continent who can get to each other's grounds relatively Kev, easily. Kev, Kev, it, Kev, Kev. There's enough big Kev, clubs in Europe Kev, who don't like Kev, the go English. Seri- I'm Kev, you. Kev, go in. I'll tell you what. Go to Serie A and go to Spain, right? And mm. go to Italy and look at the away traveling support in these games. They're fucking it's, not there. It's not and it about doesn't matter. That. Listen, it doesn't matter if, if AC Milan are playing Marseille, right? Okay, the first time they go and play it, it'd be great, right? But then it's like another oh, fucking. And they're all European trips. It doesn't matter about the continent. The, the they're way all, they're looking at the way they're looking at the it money, is they're looking, the, they're looking the, at the TV rights. Yeah. They're looking at the revenue that the that, Premier League is generating. Kev, but Kev, they can't can I match you, it. Yeah, but listen, Kev, when 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 it comes down to a Super League, all of this n- n- need not apply and all. That's bullshit. Who's saying that? Barcelona, Juventus and Real Madrid? Because at the that end of the day, the guy who- Barcelona, Real Madrid and, and um, Juventus, who were the three kind of who stood. We're up, barred from it. That's right? the problem. The, they won't be barred from it. No, the, the, the English clubs, it's not the case that they're blocking us. We've blocked ourselves. The league and the government have literally tied the English clubs in a knot that we can't leave. We can't join any external clubs unless you get 14 club owners who are in the Premier League to vote for it. This is where it Kev. gets do- dodgy Kev. because the Premier if League Liverpool have football to, club are have asked to vote to, for that. If Liverpool football club are invited into a Super League and they think they can go for it and get 300 million a year off it, they will find a way out of the Premier League. Right? It's not. They will find a way over and they will go and play in it. And trust me, MasterCard and Coca Cola <laughs> and all these people turn up and go, you know, Liverpool aren't in it. What? You know what I mean? It's like a game of fucking Pro Evo. It's not going to happen, <laughs> Kev. Do you know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. But what I'm saying is, is that there's definitely there's definitely bits going on and rearing its head. Yeah, at there's more to this. There's more to all where, this to be said. Where sure. it's definitely taken into account. If you're going to buy, if you're going to sell a club, or if you're not, the Man City stuff, I think, I think might be, you know, but it's an interesting one. But but look, going going on on what's being said today by John W. Henry, right, right, mm. and where we stand, right. I'm going to ask you straight out because we're not going to spend all night discussing this. No, no, no. How confident are you that Liverpool will go out? And I'm gonna I'm gonna say three midfielders and a centre back, just as a starting argument. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we definitely do shows on what we need in the summer and keep be selling twenty players. But how confident are you that if it was nailed down that Jurgen Klopp said he needs three midfielders and a centre back in the summer, do you think FSG will go out and give him that money? FSG slash an investor, FSG on their own, wherever it might be. How confident on the scale of one to ten of you that that would happen this summer? About an eight. Okay. And I think I'm, I'm genuinely at a stage where they know, they have to know that what's needed to compete at the top at the top level. Klopp definitely knows, and he also knows his worth and his worth in the game. That if he doesn't get what he needs to compete, he's not going to want to go through another season like this. You know, whereas you you have the excuse this season of burnout and what have you, and I I think that's a weak excuse to be honest. But it's a valid reason why we are where we are at the minute. But I don't think he's going to want to go through that a second time. And 
there's every chance if they don't give him the tools to compete, that's all he's going to ask for. Just give me the tools that I can compete with the likes of Manchester City and leave the rest to us because you're not entitled to anything other than being able to being able to compete. That's all we're entitled to. Uh, I think if he doesn't get what he needs, I think he'll go. I think he'll he'll won't be short of offers, and he's also a cute cute whore. He can he knows how to use the media when he needs to to uh, influence supporters and get messages out through especially through German media. He's in the game long enough to know how to do it. He's not done it yet, but I think he can if he needs to. I think he's been given assurances that, look, bide your time, get through this season, do what you can. Next season, this is what we've got for you. And I think that's probably a large reason why he's fended off an awful lot of criticism uh, from journalists towards what we did or didn't do in January. And I'd be, I'd be absolutely gutted if we didn't if we didn't give him the tools to do a job. And as a fan, that's all you can ever ask for, is that your manager is supported and given the tools to try and do what he can. Hmm. If he's not backed, then what can you do? Um, I'm of the opinion that whether you're confident or not confident on it, it has to be done. Yeah. Like, th- there's no two ways about it. You know, you're talking about giving them the tools and stuff like that, and that might be like that could lead to more arguments as, oh, is that twenty five million pound midfielder actually the tool he wanted? And you know we should have got the fifty million fella, and that'll always go on anyway. Yeah, that um, You know, they just have to. There's just no way around it. No. You know, as much as and and for a couple of reasons, one, they're not stupid people. I include the manager, the staff. The owners, anyone else, right? They aren't stupid people. They they will definitely know at this stage that they fucked it up a little bit. They definitely fucked it up, right? With regards to yeah. the midfield, because they're literally wandering around with eight midfielders and can probably depend right now on two of them, right? Yeah, right now on two of them. So they know they have to make changes there. Okay, they're probably looking at the centre half situation and going, oh, Van Dijk picks up the odd injury now. So does Canate. Right, some of them are impact, but some of them are fucking whatever it might be. Matos, you know, is he going? Is he our form a little bit? Joe Gomez just hasn't come back to what he was. We might need to do something there. So they're not stupid people. They're going to have to do it, and because of the squad plan, um, players leaving, they are in a position now where, and it, you don't have to shout from the rooftops and try your fucking toys around. But on a very simple level, they are looking at having to upgrade in a position, i.e. centre-back, and needing to replace, and not just bodies, as someone said to me earlier. No. You know, not bodies. We're getting rid of bodies. We yeah, need contributors. You need, you need, we need contributors coming in. Because yeah. it goes back to your point. Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, not getting any younger. Right? No. Right? Thiago's been ran into the ground a little bit this season and, you know, you're always waiting for something to happen to him. Henderson and Fabinho have been appalling for the vast majority. Yeah. And come back, Henderson's looked a little bit all right. Um, you know, Fabinho's looked not good for me. No. I think he looks very nervous, very hesitant. And they're not getting any younger. So even when you bring in three midfielders this summer, 
you're probably looking at going, I need to do another three in the next 18 to 24 months. Do you know what I mean? Realistically, unless... unless so you could be in a situation... Injured, unless, yeah. unless fucking Henderson finds this, you know, Indian summer, the same way Fabinho will be. So it's... it's um, I, I think... I think they, there's just no way around this. There's no... The manoeuvring or the leverage they have with regards to this squad is non-existent they have to reduce they have to reduce they have to reduce his squad age and just by removing james milner from the squad joe matip from the squad and just say replace those two players with say two 23 year olds with their best years ahead of them to improve that brings you down to probably an average squad age of about 26 if you could bring that down to say 25 as an average squad squad age, you've got a squad who's going to age together for five years, more or less. You have to tweak around the edges every. I think it was Kev Kev Ball was saying it in the uh, chat there that you have to make investments every window, but it doesn't have to be wholesale changes. It can be surgical. You can bring in one player per window in key positions, but that one player has to be someone that affects the starting eleven all the time, and you can. Definitely say that we've done that with the forward line this over the last three windows. We've effectively brought in three players who can start every game. We've done that with Ibu Kanate. We need to do that in the midfield in the summer. And probably the January window, you might need to bring in one more. The summer window, you need to bring in one more. And then you're in a suddenly in a position where you've got five players in the space of three Five windows. Months. In the space of three windows mm. that can develop together for five years. You don't have to look at that again then for probably another four windows. You don't have to touch it. Because you've still got the younger players that are coming that are also going to mature. That in two years' time, Harvey Elliott is going to be banging on the door to be a starter in some way, shape, or form. If not, he's going to be a serious asset to be able to sell. You know, this is where we have to get back to selling at the right time. And bringing players in at, with the right profile to kick on. And it was almost a case for too long when we were almost afraid to take risks because of the target that Man City put on us was so high, so extreme. The levels that we needed to be at were so extreme that we daren't take a gamble on anyone for any reason. And we didn't for a long time. We never gambled outside of the front three for three years. Sadio, Bobby, and Mo played virtually every game. Bar the odd time when Origi might come in for an injury. And we went for t- we went on too long for that. And it was the same in midfield. We went too long without taking a gamble. And we're paying the price for not taking risks now. And hopefully they've learned from it. And if they haven't, then God help them. God help us. Because I think that... This summer is going to be make or break for FSG. If they get it right, they'll buy themselves plenty of time. If they get it wrong, they're goosed. I can't see them doing it without investment. No, they have to get investment. I don't see them doing it without investment. I genuinely don't. You know, like even even if even if we post a healthy profit for twenty twenty two, that healthy profit is not going to suffice for what you need and their model is that they don't 
go above what we earn and what we spend. So the only way you can bring something in is for FSG to take not so much a hit on their on on their percentage of the ownership. They're going to take a hit, twenty percent maybe, but if they value that at eight hundred million pounds, they're going to have to say, "Listen, we're only getting four of this." You know what I mean? Because we're literally putting two back in ourselves, yeah. and two of it is gone from from the investor. So, the, the, but but four hundred million pounds, they could probably make the four hundred million back up over five years. I keep saying it. You know, yeah. it depends what's coming on, and I just think, and like I know what you were saying over the Super League and stuff, and because of what happened the last time, you know, they've basically been nailed to the fucking wall over it. But I genuinely believe, like. We're saying that in one sentence, Kev, and then the next sentence we're talking about, like, you know, teams doing whatever they fucking like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I completely see where you're coming from, and you, you know the ins and outs of it more than me. I'm just looking at it from a modern football look, I suppose, where I just go, they just do what they like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What are the Premier League going to say? We'll fuck you out. Go ahead. <laughs> do you, like, genuinely, that's why football is No, gone. yeah, no. I mean, fuck the thing is... Up. We're getting a hundred million, rule... million for playing in this, but we can play three hundred and fifty million over here. There's eighty fucking clubs. There's going to be loads of games. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and the rule and that's book where... has just been rewritten all the time, isn't it? The rule book yeah, is and that, but that's this... where my concerns over the Champions League come because I think I think the biggest I think domestic football will be more or less done if the Super League comes in. If that sort of money is being touted to players, you know the sort of way. So, um, and the scary thing for me is you look at the way that Chelsea had force UEFA into rule changes because of the contracts that they've given out and the mess they're in. Chelsea are in an absolute mess. Worse than we ever could be. After spending the amount of money that they've spent, they're in a worse state than what they we look that no no I'm not saying they won't pick up. I think they will genuinely they look like they look like an absolute and they are a big a group of strangers, of strangers want, wandering yeah. around the pitch with each other. Yeah. Now it will pick up. Part of it might be given time if yeah. If there's anyone sensible, we're in Chelsea, they might go, listen, we're handing them bleeding 11 players here. And we're asking them, although they're really good players, but he's asking, you know, uh, we're asking them to kind of produce miracles straight away. But I mean, the problem the with Chelsea is, is, is that if they get it, if they miss out on the Champions League, but then again, Chelsea's coefficient should be fine to get back into the Champions League because they're letting everyone into the Champions League to protect <laughs> themselves from the Super League. So yeah. it's, Jono, Jono makes an interesting one though. He says, this is why I have no idea why FSG hang around. This game is way too expensive for them. So, leave it smacks of stubbornness. Do you get that? I, I kind of get where he's going with that. You know, I, like, take your money, off you go. You make a huge amount of money and, you know, someone else comes in and takes on that board and whatever it might be. It might be running it as it is and an extra few quid or going all out and trying to be, outspend no. everyone. I mean, you got to go back to what they were. They're a sports investment company. Okay, Fenway Sports Group. They literally are spread to, spread across various different sports, across mainly in the US. But I promise you, Boston, the Boston Red Sox are a big, huge organization, and it's gotten brand recognition. But outside of North America, they're they're nothing. You know, they're just a, a sports team that you see in a film every now and again. When it comes to global reach. Liverpool Football Club is right up there with anybody. Five, probably the top five <coughs> clubs in world in world sport. You're talking that with with name recognition. When it comes to football, we're in the top five. Mm. You know, and we always have, and we always have been, and we always will be. 
you don't get a chance to own something like Liverpool Football Club often. Very rarely does it come up on the market. And when it does and you have it, you hold on to it for dear life. And the thing is, as long as they service us properly, they'll maintain that value. The one thing that they've never done with us and it's what the Glazers did with Manchester United is leverage us to they've never buy piled debt onto us to exactly mm-hmm. buy something else. And as long as that remains the case, we're a four and a half billion dollar asset that will never even if it depreciates, it's never going to depreciate to the to the extent that they're gonna lose a fortune. It just won't happen. Mm. They're we're as solid an investment as there is in sports because we're so well run where our the infrastructure is done we sell out every week next season sixty-two thousand people will be i think the second or third highest average attendance in the league and there's potential to grow that again if they want to and they'll always have a queue of people waiting waiting for seats when it comes to tv rights if they get control if clubs get control of what they're allowed to sell the international tv rights to across the board where it's kids okay we live in ireland if you want to subscribe to something that's outside the uk where you can subscribe to a service aka netflix of football then you can and the money will go back into the club you pay 15 quid a month to watch liverpool games 20 quid a month to watch Liverpool games on a streaming service. You can watch every single game that Liverpool do from under 18s right the way through to the super to the to the top team. If the clubs get control of that, then that five four point five billion dollar value increases. Massive. That could go up to five. That could go up to five and a half. Oh, I go again. Because you because look if at you the have, glo- if you have rights to your own streaming service, then it's look, it's printing. Exactly. You look at the global reach of a club like Liverpool, and in fairness, you've talked to Joe plenty of times, and other fans from, and I've talked to plenty of fans about on a Friday night from other clubs. Who turns in to watch Crystal Palace against Fulham? No disrespect to Crystal Palace or Fulham, as compared to Crystal Palace versus Liverpool. You look mm-hmm. at the, the streaming revenue for a club at Crystal Palace level and a club at the top end of the money tree like Liverpool and Manchester United. It's night and day, you know, the, the revenue street, the revenue avenues that are open if the next TV deal includes clubs having their own TV rights for international broadcasters. Mm. You'll have the domestic broadcasters, that money will be split evenly as it always has done. But if it goes down the route that I think they're hoping for is that clubs will retain the rights to their international broadcasts in disguise the yeah. limit that's it's, why they're keeping hold of it and and a few people in the chat there have said with regards to the man city um stuff as well maybe they're looking at it and saying to themselves well if city do get charged with this stuff and it does come where they're you know the charges stick maybe just maybe you know liverpool, liverpool well liverpool for me liverpool and united will just stand clear financially in the premier league you know yeah. um because of what's earned and what can be spent and maybe they're looking at that and and saying to themselves let's get investment in now it'll fix what we we 
what we fucking made. Let let's yeah. you know fix the, the issues that that they've brought up upon themselves, and as well as that, it means then that they've made their money back on the club. Although it's pittance compared to now what it's worth, but they can watch fully knowing that if if the stuff with City doesn't stick, they have an investor here that is going to probably want to come and take the club for off them. So they're in a really good position either way because yeah. I think there might be something in that where they've looked at the City thing and went, hold on. Because if this sticks now, now we're back to, now they're actually back to what they spoke about when they were in 2010, where they spoke about FFP and spoke yeah. about, you know, building the club up fin- um, financially and, and you know, um, in, in every sort of facet of the club and be winning FFP and, and compete with anybody. And that's maybe what they're looking for, but it, it's going to be interesting. Listen, five minutes left, and that's yeah. look. We're going to be back to this so many fucking times. It's not going to go away. And, but I, but I keep saying to you, right? I think it's I think it's very fair to say that if Liverpool Football Club is not being sold, if FSG are keeping it to themselves or allowing a minority investor in this summer, it just has to happen. I, I like I, I would be beside myself if I got to the end of this summer. And we're sitting there going, I oh, know we just brought in one midfielder and the tree, you know, the tree went out and we brought this fella in, we kind of half arsed our way to I go literally beside myself going, Are we having a laugh here? You've made mistakes. You know, I'm willing to I personally be willing to look and go, You've made mistakes. Yeah, you've taken risks, but that's over now. You must go and fix this. Um But I'm but all I would say to people is just um just Wait and see what happens because genuinely what's being said today is exactly what was said in November, if you actually read through it. <coughs> um, let me see. Uh, Stephen Ennis says, I'm a Gav fan, so I might check it out. I don't know what he's talking about. I, I think they're, they're, to- they're, they're to- I think they're chatting about the golf, the, the new oh. video that went up. That was that was actually brilliant. I loved it. It was actually fantastic. Yeah, yeah. They, they, we, we Honestly, them two videos were proof because they were test videos and people really liked them. Um but we're, we're definitely recording next Monday, so we should have four or five videos after next Monday to bring you out again. That's the way we're going to do it. Um, but yeah, if you enjoy it, Bang Average Golf, go and check it out on YouTube. It's really good. Anyway, f- few minutes to go. Um, but before, I, sorry, yeah, well, I'm going to get your line up and your prediction yeah. for tomorrow night. But before I do, um, charity link is in the show description. Um, click on it, donate. If you can't donate, click on it, copy it, share it amongst your friends, your friends, your family, your colleagues. Um, all super chats on this channel going from the start of February and going on and um, whatever we make of them we are putting into that whether it's 20 quid a month or 80 quid a month or 100 quid a month we're giving it all into the charity um, we're about 10% into our target we're just over 2,000 euros for the 20,000 euros but if you can help with donations or sharing great if you want to sponsor a hole on the golf day a long drive a nearest the pin send us a prize donate a prize for the raffle that likes to raffle and make a load of money um, please do so and that can be your way of helping us get to that 20 grand um, what are you laughing at? I can see you grinning at something Kev. nah it's just the chat I love the chat okay. All right. <laughs> they just they, I love how they police themselves they're really okay. really good oh okay no problem um, tomorrow night full time yeah. Reds will be on after the game I don't know who's on do you know who's on uh, I haven't said anything yet. I ho- I'm, I'm hoping myself and Chris. I wouldn't mind if Matt was watching as well. If Matt come on as well and get the, no, three, the three of us on after as well. Yeah, may as, yeah, may as well. <coughs> See how it goes. Um, sure. Let me know in the morning. But yeah, yeah, I will do. Huge game, Kev. Um, we spoke about it last night on the show, but 
Sure, I might as well get your predicted lineup and predicted score before we go. But the beauty of after the Klopp interview or the press conference was that we've seen some of the training pictures that came out tonight, and Darwin looks like he's absolutely fine. Uh, so I don't think there'll be any changes from the the, the lineup against Newcastle. I think they'll go the same again. Um, I think Darwin will start on the left. The interesting thing is, is what do Real Madrid do? Benzema hasn't kicked the ball in anger in a few weeks. Uh, at the weekend, they played with four centre-backs as the back four. They had Nacho Fernandez, uh, Militao, I think Rudiger, and um, David Alaba played as a left-back. Then they played with Valverde. They'll probably play with Valverde, Camavinga, and Modric as a midfield three. You'll have... Um, Vinicius Jr. on the left, Benzema through the middle, and more than likely, Rodrigo on the right. I think Rodrigo is the real threat. He's a proper player. Well, actually, the pace of Vinicius, but Rodrigo is a clever player. Yeah, I really like him. But, look, if you'd have asked me three weeks ago, I'd have thought we were in trouble, big trouble. But I think a lot, they're in a kind of very similar state to where we are. They're not off firing on all cylinders. They're getting jobs done. They're not ripping anyone apart. Uh, but I don't think the Spanish league is what it was. I think Barcelona and Real Madrid are just head and shoulders above everyone else. They haven't had a serious game in a while. And if you believe Gil and Balaguer, the Premier League should be giving Barcelona and Real Madrid loads of money <laughs> to even oh, things dear. up because he's completely nuts. Yeah, he's off his game altogether, yeah. poor fella. But uh, I will say, though, I said, it, I said it on Twitter, um, and anyone in the chat might remember this, but when I seen Gil and Gillan Balagay going on like that. It just reminded me of Brenzi's tweet about Gillan Balagay and the Praline M&M's tweet from years ago. Um, and somebody on Twitter then found it and posted it back to me, which was great. <laughs> but go on, anyway. I know, I think, I, I think we'll win. It's, I hope we can keep a clean sheet. The confidence you get from three clean sheets back-to-back would be amazing. 2-0 um, be absolutely smashing. And then away to Sellers Park at the weekend... Crystal Palace that's always a bastard of a place to go great atmosphere tight little ground we I think we'll have that. to yeah but I think we'll have to make changes for that one mm-hmm. Maybe so. I, do, I definitely don't think you can go four games with the same 11 so I think no and then we have we'll Wolves have on the Wednesday changes. and United the following Sunday so exactly they're, they're coming. I think we'll have rotation we're into the tick and fast now aren't we really yeah but yeah. We, we're used to that you know this squad if anything it's probably going to be better when it plays it, do, it doesn't have t- a week to train and just watch games and fester and wait. It's like you play, you recuperate, you assess what you got next, and you go and you just get into that routine. Hopefully, we get through Madrid and the Champions League draw could open right up for us. Mm. Who knows? Okay. But I said to you, in the, I was in the comments last week, I said this got an awful vibe of uh, 2005, of uh, this kind of season that we're in and the potential that's there in the Champions League. I mean, we still are really good football side. When we want, when we're on it, we can be really, really good, and we can okay. devastate any side. So you got to go into tomorrow night confident. Well, we're not getting to. out of here without giving me a score prediction and the goal scorers because that's uh, how it works. Two 0 um, Darwin. Two 0 clean sheet. Two 0 Darwin and Mo. Okay, I think we'd all take that. Um, absolutely, we'd all take that. But our pants has two one Liverpool. A lot of people are very confident in the chat, which is really good to see. Um, uh, Matt is available tomorrow. 
So it's you, Matt, and, Ke- yeah, you, Matt and Chris tomorrow, it looks like. Unless Chris throws a, a curveball. No, 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 no. Chris is in. Okay. So it's, and that means that I have to redesign artwork because the tree is on the screen, which is amazing. Fucking carry on. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the tree lads will be on tomorrow night from about 10-ish. Yeah? Uh, 10 minutes after kickoff. Give us a, give us a, give us a chance to 10 make, minutes after um, the final whistle. 10 minutes after the final whistle, we'll get just time to get a coffee on. and then We'll schedule it for 10, but it could be five minutes after that. Could be like five minutes yeah, after, So yeah. people will be giving out at two minutes past. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so they'll be on tomorrow. Um, we have the call-in show on Wednesday night. We have viewers' voice on Thursday. We have the Premier League forecast on Friday. Yeah. We have full-time res on Saturday. We have the Fatback for on Sunday. And then we're back here next week, hopefully, for the winners and losers, because <laughs> something else will fucking happen and we won't be able to do it. Um, but listen, Kev, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, that news came out today, and in fairness, we've had a lovely chat about it. We don't know anything that's going on, but we're just trying to speculate as two blokes talking about it. The chat have been amazing, so um, thanks to them as well, because they do self-police themselves, and um, it was all very, very fine in there tonight. Um, hit the like on your way out. Subscribe if you haven't already. Um, leave a comment after the show if you're listening back you can find your charity links and all in your description as always and if you're listening back you can hit a button on your podcast app give a five star review and that helps us as well I think that's it Kev talk to you in a bit over now Podcast Network.